start the week with Tim and Damo on the Unmade podcast. I'm Tim Burrows and this is Start the Week on Monday, August the 15th. Today, Foxtel's anti-siphoning push. Lachlan Murdoch calls in the lawyers on Crikey. Crunch day for the AFL rights. And the block gets nine back in the game. Unmade. No demo today. He's dealing with some family illness. Get well soon, Jen. But if Scott Morrison can secretly swear himself in as health minister, resources minister and co-treasurer, then surely I can be two people for the purposes of this podcast. So we'll start with the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age. This is this morning's edition. Uh, One of the uh, stories covered by Zoe Samuels this week is the wrap up from last week's Foxtel results, which were part of the wider News Corp results. So um, not a bad set of results, and I'll come on to those. Um, an opportunity for Patrick Delaney, boss of Foxtel, to talk about the issues which interest him, of which we're seeing another push on the anti-siphoning laws. Now, um, Foxtel have long argued that disadvantages the organisation, certainly when it was a mainly a broadcast player, uh, because the free-to-air networks had the very best sport protected for them, which meant that they could perhaps get it a little bit more cheaply. So um, with this due to be revised soon, Patrick Delaney's argument now is that... Um, balance has changed for one thing foxtel now owns ko which is a streaming service but has the ability to make uh games free when it wants to so um yeah delaney's argument the quote it's regulated more than free to air television where the streamers are not regulated in any way um which is a, a fair argument um i think if i have an issue with how the process of making media law goes is that it tends to be an argument between all of the big players who are invested in the issue um, and the public interest doesn't always get much of a look in. So we'll see how um, Labour's Communications Minister Michelle Rowland goes with this one um, as she begins to look at the uh, look, look at updating the anti-siphoning law, or at the very least, updating the anti-siphoning list. Um, and still with Foxtel, there was also a piece of the Australian Financial Review today. Again, the AFR was also talking to Patrick Delaney. Their angle of attack was to talk to him about the rights to NBC Universal, um, which have, have been on the market for a couple of months now. So um, there are fewer and fewer studio rights available as most of the big US players start to launch their own platforms. Um, so far, NBC Universal, which owns Peacock, has decided not to launch Peacock Down Under just yet, which means those rights are up for grabs. So um, Delaney has indicated, not surprisingly, that uh, Foxtel would be interested in picking up those rights. Um, and most of them are held at the moment by nine streaming service, Stan. So we're in this kind of weird position where 
um, maybe five years ago, it seemed like studio rights deals were were just too expensive for all of the Australian players. They'd all got themselves stuck into quite big deals, quite expensive deals. And yet here we are, the cycle has started again. Um, and speaking of Foxtel, we did give it some uh, coverage of uh, their results when News Call um, released their results. You can see that coverage uh, on Unmade, unmade.media. One thing that leapt out for me, which most other analysts didn't get to because they were focused on the year-on-year numbers, was that for the first time we actually saw Foxtel's entertainment service binge fall slightly. So from just over 1.2 million paying subscribers, it dropped back slightly to pretty much on the button of 1.2 million. Um, So that that was a bit of a sign because up to now it it had pretty much straight line growth. Um, now that could be a content issue, and of course we got the Game of Thrones prequel uh, launching shortly, so that might help there. Um, but meanwhile, Ko, um, the sports service owned by Foxtel, has continued to grow, so that actually re overtook Binge. Um, the last quarter was was the only time so far that Binge was bigger than Ko. So we'll see how that one goes, particularly as we're coming towards the end of AFL season now. And then the other thing that leapt out for me, um, and as I wrote about in a made last week um was that in terms of segment profits for news corp real estate is one of the real drivers still so video is important always has been um you know right from the uh, much earlier days of foxtel um and also news media bouncing back as well in terms of profitability so we do see an organization which um in the in in the financial year just gone after a couple of tough ones because of covid seems again to be firing on all cylinders. Next, Lachlan Murdoch goes legal on Crikey. Unmade. Another story from the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age next. This one went up yesterday afternoon and has really taken off on social media um, in the hours since. Um, The... uh, Herald, sorry, Samuels again, reporting that Lachlan Murdoch has threatened news website Crikey with legal action. Um, this is over Crikey's uh, coverage and reported reporting on last January's riots at the US Capitol. Uh, much has been written and talked about about the role that Fox News, amongst others, including social media, played in whipping up that crowd that stormed the Capitol building back on uh, January the 6th. Um, now an incredibly notorious moment. Um, what's really unusual, though, is that Lachlan Murdoch, who now, along with uh, his father, Rupert, runs News Corp, and in this case, Fox News, which is uh, um, not part of the News Corp group, but uh, you know, a close cousin, shall we say it, um, has um, actually sent legal letters. This is quite unusual for the Murdoch family. You know, famously, Rupert Murdoch's never really bothered um, to sue over stuff. Um, you know, tends to 
take the view that uh, it's best to let these things go by. Um, whereas, of course, we now see um, <laughs> a backlash growing on social media um, in which everybody is once again talking about the issues with Fox News and asking that question, well, when, when so much of what Fox News reports is questionable, um, there's almost an attitude of how dare Lachlan Murdoch complain about coverage from somewhere else. Um, but he's, he's, he's reportedly got as far as issuing a concerns notice and fired off what the Sydney Morning Herald describes as multiple legal letters to Crikey since June. Um, not much from Crikey, just a brief comment from Editor-in-Chief Peter Frey. Crikey and its publisher, Private Media, are sick of being intimidated by Lachlan Murdoch. Um, Worth mentioning that it isn't the first time that those two companies, Private Media slash Crikey and News Corp, have uh, had uh, clashes. Um, I guess most memorably, back in 2014, uh, the Blue Book was leaked to Crikey, to uh, Paddy Manning, who was uh, reporting for them at the time. Um, And that was um, an absolute bombshell. The Blue Book was all of News Corp's financial results, uh, masthead by masthead. And because it was for June of that year, it contained absolutely everything for the whole financial year. And um, after Crikey published it, there were very quickly some legal exchanges and then uh, Crikey uh, was forced to remove it. But by then it was well and truly in the wild. Meanwhile, uh, Paddy Manning, as it happens, is I think fairly soon going to be publishing uh, a book. The I think the first profile, certainly in book length of Lachlan Murdoch. So it'll be intriguing to see what's in that but um, but yes, never a dull moment in Murdoch world. Next, today's the day for AFL. Sorta. Unmade. Let's take a look at the Australian next. Uh, it feels like we talk about this pretty much every single week on start of the week, um, but it's a big deal. This is why we end up talking about it. The AFL rights currently held by Seven and Foxtel up for grabs. Uh, seems like Paramount have at least uh, indicated that they're bidding, but you know maybe maybe not at the six hundred million dollars a year that AFL is trying to get to. Um, today in the Australian, James Madden, media ed- media editor, reports that. Um, the AFL governing body will meet today to begin its final deliberations on how those rights will be divvied up. Now, that doesn't mean there'll be a decision today because there could yet be some back and forth. And, you know, we're in the last days of the season. So um, as the Australian points out, we'll, we'll get the final home and away matches of the regular season um, before um, any announcement is made. So probably no announcement this week. But um, we're getting pretty close to the crunch now, um, as the Australian reports. One of the um, bits of smoke and mirrors involved in the next stage is uh, you, you, you might see the various bidders padding out their offer with lots of inventory to the value of, which gives the AFL a bit of a face-saving way of claiming they've made a number, even if sometimes that inventory, because it has to be booked a long time in advance, isn't particularly useful. Next, 
the block on top. Unmade. A quick romp through the free-to-air ratings week. Uh, Very much nines week just gone, actually. Uh, The block came back. Uh, There were... The three-way battle, really, for um, for nine, seven, and ten of the block, MKR or My Kitchen Rules, but it's officially MKR these days, and the Masked Singer, and the block is dominating. Um, so we've seen a, a a big week for nine. Um, just very quickly going through some of the uh, the the Austam data, and I'm basing this on the 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 weekly ratings uh, infographic circulated by nine based on all of the Oztam data. Um, total people, uh, actually seven did win that. Um, for to- total people, network share in prime time. Uh, but nine wasn't far behind. Um, and then 10 faded a bit. Um, primary channel share is where it begins to really get interesting. Um, and this uh, we can see, for instance, um, and it's worth mentioning, by the way, that these numbers strip out the ABC and SBS. So the numbers as percentage shares sound slightly larger than otherwise they would. But in total people, we saw um, Seven's primary channel just take the week, 28.8 to uh, Nine's 27.6, 10 some way behind on 13.4. And in 25 to 54, which is the key advertising demographic, of course, well, that was nine's week, 27.6 to seven's 26.2. And then 10 again, some way back on 16.8. Um, going day by day, um, there were the, you know, the, the, depending on the day of the week, um, it went various ways. So, uh, last week we still had, um, seven with the final day of Commonwealth Games, which rated very well for them, particularly in total people. Um, And then towards the end of this week, seven again went well on its AFL days, while um, on the weekdays, really, nine was the absolute owner, whilst 10 faded. So um, I count one, two, three, three days of nine victories, three days of seven victories, and then one um, uh, dead heat. So that, um, that, that, that tells a part of the picture. And then what's really fascinating is the top 10 TV shows. Um, you really see the power of the block for nines. So although the three biggest shows in total people or most watched programs were all episodes of seven news, as they often are, um, the block launch was the biggest entertainment show. That was uh, that was at number four, but then there also there was another episode of the block at number five in the top ten as well, and indeed at number nine and number ten. This is in total people. Um, MKR did not make that list at all, and then when you drill into twenty five fifty fours, the block had the top four shows, so that's pretty good for nine. Um, ten had a couple actually had three in there so they had have you been paying attention they had monday episode of the Mars singer 
and they had a launch episode of The Masked Singer as well. And then for Seven, the only um, non-news show they had in the top 10 was the final night of Commonwealth Games. So it does show that uh, even uh, even with something as slightly second tier compared to the Olympics as Commonwealth Games, then Australians will tune in if Australia is doing well. And Australia was indeed doing well. Next, research house for sale. Unmade. So here's a little nugget from the Australian Financial Review today. Um, the uh, Australian marketing research services business 555 is on the block. We know it's on the block because somebody's leaked the fact that it's on the block to the AFR, which is usually what happens when uh, people are looking to whip up a bit of an auction. So the auction's being run by Boutique uh, at Corporate Advisory E&P. Um, now, I must admit, 55.5 was not particularly on my radar uh, until the last few weeks when Anero, the uh, group which owns Hotwire PR and BMF, amongst others, um, sold a couple of um, its agencies into 55.5. So the leading edge and the digital edge, it sold both of those. Now, one slight error in the financial review story saying that um, that price was never disclosed. In fact, it was at the time. So it wasn't a huge deal. It was um, it was cash um, to the narrow group of um, about $1.35 million. So it wasn't, wasn't a huge deal. Um, one of the things that really interests me about this, though, is that uh, the primary owner of 555 is Mercury. Uh, Mercury is the private equity firm which also owns R Media, Australia's biggest magazine publisher. Now, they had, I thought, been seen mainly as a holder of media assets rather than that typical private equity thing where um, companies would buy something, build it up over maybe four or five years and then sell it on. So I wonder what this says about Mercury's attitude to their media and marketing assets, the fact that they are willing to sell. Um, but uh, if there is a turnaround going on at um, our media, then it's still quite early in the journey, I think. So I don't think that's imminent. But uh, but yeah, that one's uh, that one's interesting to see. And speaking of Anero, um, they had um, their um, end of financial year results announcement actually dropped on Friday, so I think a few people might have missed it. Um, and it was pretty good actually. Um, not a bad set of results at all. Um, and one of the interesting things was the forward-looking messages from Anero, where. All of the signals are it wants to be a business in digital transformation and analytics, uh, and it sees kind of creative and content and the world of PR as a much smaller part of its offering going forward. So I think we're going to see, if we haven't already, BMF sort of losing its place as the, the poster child or the flagship of the group um as uh, as as is so often the case the uh, the the the, the bosses and the management of an arrow choose to go where the money is. 
And if you want to see a bit more about Anero, then um, do take a look at Saturday's Best of the Week email. I dug into them a little bit more in that. Well, that is it from us for today. We'd love to hear what you think of everything we talk about at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. Damien will be back with us tomorrow for more long form analysis for our paid members in Choose Data. Don't forget, if you do want to support Unmade, you too can become a paying member. Go to unmade.media to find out how. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pip. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.